In this episode of 92i Talks, Tommy Dorfman of Netflix's 13 Reasons Why sits down with InStyle's Laura Brown to discuss his breakthrough role and how he's using his acting career as a platform for activism and change. The conversation was recorded on June 20th, 2018, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Good evening. Hi. That's Tommy. I'm Laura. Hi. Yeah, he's really great. Um, She's really amazing. Yeah, you should you should listen to him talk sometime because uh, <laughs> he's he's very compelling young man. Um, thanks for coming uh, tonight. And I am honestly soup. Look, any time I can spend with Tommy is an absolute treatlet. Um, we met oddly enough. Okay, I'm just going to make the disclaimer now. I am not the demo for Thirteen Reasons Why. I've seen the show once. If you want to throw <laughs> something, it's okay. Um, but what I, what I love about Tommy, we are actual friends in human life, and, um, and we met at a place which neither of us no, normally go. No, it was a polo match, a which polo I feel like we looked match. like we would go to a polo match, but no. I, no. But did we watch polo? No, I think we just talked no. the whole time. It was a Verve Clicquot, like, I don't even classic. drink, so like I Isn't really didn't drink. I, I drink, so at least I knew why I was there. But, um, <laughs> but, but Tommy was, Tommy was there, and uh, and and he was like just the jazziest, and um, and a, a friend of mine who's a big time Hollywood manager. Yes. Um, introduced, uh, introduced us, and and we were thick as thieves from then on in, and uh, I am. My mom. Your mom. <laughs> I'm sorry if your actual My real mom, mom is, is here. here. Actually, but. Uh, sorry, I've got something to tell your you. You mom. did not, in fact, birth your child. Um, but, <laughs> And, uh, and I am a tremendous admirer of Tommy's uh, as a person and, um, and an advocate. And he is I, I, an incredibly talented actor. I, if what I have not seen on the telly, I see in real life in other incarnations. So, TD. Yes, LB. How's it going? Um, so tell me about, um, well, I think what interested me, well, when I first got to know you, there's something that happens when you are, you know, you've, you've studied acting and, and, you, and you've done that, but you're suddenly on a show which... Sure. And you, that's a technical term. <laughs> um, and, um, but what does that, how do you go from just doing on something to suddenly you've got a million people on Instagram and, and, and kids coming up to you on the subway? Yeah, I, I was living in New York when the show came out. Um, and prior to that, I was, I mean, prior to doing this show, I was like working at a bagel shop in the Lower East Side and I just graduated Fordham and I was like taking all these acting classes and I really was like, I'm not gonna work for probably five or 10 years. And I like knew that. Right. That was like sure of it. I was like, I'll do some like fringe theater downtown and I'll work my way up. Um, and by, I guess, hard work and luck, I ended up booking this show. And even while we were shooting it, I don't think we knew what it, like, we were in summer camp for six right. months, like in Northern California, in the middle of nowhere. We, none of us, some of us knew each other, actually went to college with Michelle who plays Courtney and Sosie who plays Sky and I grew up together. Um, and so that was a weird coincidence of, of fate. But then through this summer, we just like had the most amazing time getting to know each other and filming this show and then kind of forgot that it happened and forgot that it was gonna come out. Cause like you sort of banked the experience. And yeah, we like, were like, wow, that was really yeah. cool. And for me, I was like, wow, I just learned so much. I'd never been on a set before. I'd only done theater prior to this. And like, by theater, I mean just plays at Fordham, just across the park. And um, so yeah, for me, it was just like, how much can I learn in these six months? And then try auditioning for other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when the show came out, it obviously became um, 
I guess, a phenomenon yeah, you in can some ways. Call it that. Uh, yeah, right. It was, like it was a very important show to a lot of people, and it, and it was very successful, um, and still is to this day. And obviously, that transition, um, that sort of lack of anonymity, and also, I think, responsibility without being prepared for that, um, yeah. was another form of education. But I'm grateful for it. Like I'm, I'm so so grateful for it. I live in LA now, and I come back here, and I don't I don't get to interact with as many um, fans of the show on my day to day life in LA because it's mostly like car house work, car house work. You don't actually see humans. I don't actually see humans. Oh. <laughs> I'm a pretty like I like I'm a stay at home person with like my family and my dog. Um, but in New York, I do I like try to walk everywhere, and I get to interact with more people on a day to day basis, and it, it's just like such a one like a reminder of like how truly blessed I am to be a part of this and uh, a part of this world that we've created. Um, and, and two, just to have, an, you know, again, like the experience of, of hearing from teenagers and mothers and parents and teachers um, across the board, sort of what this show and these characters meant to them. Was well, there any such thing as a typical exchange you might have? Yes, it's just yeah. like run up, take a picture and leave without saying anything. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> I would say, I'm kidding. Um, no, but that truly, that's like five out of the, Let's say, yeah, that's, that is a percentage of it, but actually a majority of people um, tend to have something, you know, positive to say mm -hmm. or sometimes um, really emotional. Yeah, do you get a lot of downloading? Sure, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because, like, I am not a therapist. <laughs> I, what? <laughs> did you know that? I thought he was here to... I know. Um, I'll do psychic readings after this. Um, <laughs> no, I... So it, it's been an interesting transition to have people bear their souls to you in a way that our characters bear our souls on television and, and, and that I like to think a lot of actors are really vulnerable in their work and I like to bring that to my work as well. And even in, in my public stuff, I'm, I'm pretty open about my life experience because I think it's important for people to know that like you can go through X, Y, and Z and still get to this place. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I definitely lived quite a life before I was working as an actor. Yeah. Even though those were, I was still fairly You're young. You're still only, what are you now? I'm, 20, I'm 26. Um, but I do hear, mm -hmm. but I, you know, when I hear from kids who have had similar experiences to me, um, and for me, I think like there's nothing more valuable than like giving someone your time. Right. There's nothing more meaningful than if someone, and for, like right now, it's like if someone comes up to me, like I take the time to like ask what their name is and mm -hmm. ask where they're from and, and give them the space to speak whatever they need to speak, whatever that truth is in that moment and embrace them. Um, as much as possible because yeah. to me it's, it's so much more meaningful to have a conversation than to just like take a picture I'm happy to take a picture as well yeah right. but uh, yeah but also like a new and, and I think the, there's a new especially with, with the show that you're on that is dealing with you know yes significant emotions and damage and uh, but there is something about the new form of celebrity that is uh, ensconced in the idea of sharing with people like that I mean Selena who Gomez who producer show is mm -hmm. the biggest example of that. Sure. Um, and how do you, and sometimes the idea of sharing with people become, you know, magnifies your presence. Um, how do you, and I said this to a lot of people I know who are performers, but manage that. Like, how do you also, because you've got to like, as Protect I said, myself. a woman, take care of you. Um, <laughs> but you know, you've got to do that too. So how do you manage how much you give to people? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Every day is different. Mm -hmm. Every day is different um, for all of us. I can, you know, I go through different things. I wake up some mornings so grateful to be alive, and I wake up some mornings truly dreadful. 
right. and confused, like, what my purpose is on this planet? Why am I even here? Who is this man next to me? Like, <laughs> it's your husband. It's my husband. Yeah. I'm married. You know, it's yeah. like I have to remind myself sometimes that, like, right, I have this life, um, and, and I should, I should probably go live it. You yeah. know, I should probably take this opportunity if, if I have this one life. But I definitely have those periods, and I expect other people do as well. Um, and so I do have days where I feel, I feel um, so moved by something that I feel like I must share it. Right. On social media. Um, or I feel so impacted by something I must voice it and then I have days where I just in or, I need self-care and I need those days for, to, to put my phone away and I've often like I'll have days where I delete my Instagram or right. like, and I delete all my social media and I take time to really just like decompress um, and, and reconnect to sort of because if I'm not the sort of healthiest mentally physical version of myself like there's no way I can be there for someone else, whether it's a close friend or um, someone who's a fan of the show or, or likes my work like in any capacity or be able to show up on set and be able to do the work that I need to do if I'm right. not first like taking care of me. And so yeah. it definitely is a balance. It's, I think, you know, the truth is a lot of us in this industry, we have to cultivate that vulnerability and cultivate mm. that persona publicly and have some detachment from it. Um, in order to not go completely insane. <laughs> and I've had the experience of, um, I'm quite the oversharer at times in interviews, and and I've found like I'll say something, and then that story will turn into another story, and that story will turn. And suddenly, Mutates. suddenly I, I have this weird like imposter syndrome, and I'm like watching other people's versions of my experience just like flutter around on the internet, and that's just a lesson to me because it's yeah. like I opened that floodgate, right? And then I get the opportunity to maybe take back some of that. Like I recently wrote an op-ed that's coming out next week that kind of for who? Uh, yeah. Teen Vogue. Yes, sorry. Mm -hmm. Not for in style. Um, not as okay. But but you know because it was an opportunity they came to me and I was like you know what I think I am in a space now where I can and we can talk about some of this stuff too but yeah. talking about like um, you know specifically about uh, queer being queer in Hollywood and what that means and realistically and and, and working and well that was what I was going to get into. Oh, was that oddly what enough? Was that it? Well, no, but just. Um, it, yeah, now there is you. Uh, it, advocacy just comes with with it, with it, when it, with this spotlight and being. Queer it's interesting. Yeah, but I think how that's how has new. it? Yeah, it's so new. Right. It's so. New. I mean, I'm very yeah. new. I am very new to this industry in any form. Like even the idea of like being a public figure like seems foreign to me still. And yeah. so it, it is. It, and again, I feel like this activism is how I was referring to it. Yeah. A friend of mine about activism? it today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get it. It's a activism. Yeah. Um, is not a new concept, but because oh. of social media, uh, suddenly everyone has a responsibility. Yeah, and sometimes I think that it can sometimes manifest itself and you having to be yourself three times as much as you normally would. Mm -hmm. Like I've got friends who are who are trans, who who would when they were first in, you know coming out, but like got attention was super. I'm trans, I'm trans, I'm trans, I'm trans, I'm trans. Mm. You know, like, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. And someone says, I can just be me, actually. Right. You know, I mean, how, you know, how often do you have, you feel that like you've got to have, have a megaphone because you are representing something new and there's more power sure. than and you've I think, had before. Right, and I think uh, often, well, in my case, this happened without, I mean, yes, I was intentional in that I did not closet myself right. when the show came out, but it was unintentional sort of to be as 
uh, much of a figure in that space. Right. But at the same time, politically in our country, I felt a need to be outspoken about certain just hu basic human rights right. that I felt like we all deserve. Yeah. Gay, straight, trans, bi, queer, anything under that umbrella, people of color, immigrants, refugees, like we all deserve a certain level of just fucking basic Respect. human rights and dignity. Mm -hmm. um, and I am not the type of person to be complacent yeah. in that. But what I will say, and I think the challenge that I've come to in my short years in this industry as an out and proud, as people like to say, um, queer person, is there's no longer, I think actors prior to social media had a lot more mystery. And there was oh, a yeah. lot more opportunity for character actors to be character actors and for new actors to get different types of roles because people didn't know everything about them Yeah. in that sense. Um, and growing up in the age of social media and coming into this industry with, with that as a platform, and in some ways it's a double-edged sword because on one hand it can help me get a job, on the other hand I, I do think I lose a lot of opportunities because people struggle to differentiate between my talent as an actor and my just existence as a queer person in this world. Right. Um, and something I sort of talk about in that op-ed is like this idea of, uh, and what we were kind of touching on before, but like drag in my life. Right. You know, like I, I was talking to um, yeah, where does that feel my like? friend Alok, who's a non-binary performance artist, and right. you know, I identify as non-binary as well, and we were talking about existing as industry. He's like, yo, I've noticed you've been wearing a lot of suits recently publicly. It's kind of this cool masculine drag you're doing, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I didn't, I never thought about it that way, but I was like, you're right. Right. Because, you know, when I, when the show came out and we were doing all these like fun pressy things and like MTV awards and all this stuff, I was like, I'm wearing sk skirts. Like I'm Gosh, wearing things that feel, well, I did wear that this week. Yes, but prior yeah. to that, you know, I'm wearing yeah. things that feel super authentically me. And then I found myself, my, my opportunities in my work were just falling. Right. You know, and, and the doors were really? just closing that, that, in front that. of me. Yes, and so I, I strategically and thoughtfully was like, you know what, like I, I know who I am at my core. Right. Maybe let me, without having the language for it at the time, but I was like, I'm going to be more mask presenting and see. Right, and see what. Almost like a personal study. Like how does yeah, this, and see, and how does this work like in my life? Like a sociological study. And I found that the doors were opening more. Huh. And, and as you feel much, about that? it's it's a it's a very complicated thing because yeah. on one hand, I want to fucking work. Yeah. I want to feed myself. I'm I know I'm talented. <laughs> like I know I can do the work. Yeah. Um. And it's it's it is, on I think having acceptance of myself and knowing that what I'm doing is a type of performance. Yes. Allows me to survive in that. Yeah. Way allows me to go to these events, and it's almost like I'm in on the joke. And now I'm letting everyone else in on the joke, which is fine. But... <laughs> no, but that's, it's, it's a very odd thing, because you go, am I giving something up by doing this, or am I controlling it? And I started and to the, feel like I was giving something up. goes this way and this way. Yeah, and that's where I rely on sort of like my chosen family people in this industry, my other yeah. queer allies in this industry. You know, we all kiki and talk about all the weird shit that goes on, mm -hmm. and all the tokenizing and sexualizing and glorifying and straight people getting our roles thing and, and right. all of that. Which we'll get to. Um, yeah. And it, in a way, yeah, once I owned that I was doing that, I was like set free. Right. And in, in this strange, <laughs> strange way. And once I, and also I think 
you know, my work in my day-to-day -day life got better, my work as like an actor got better, because I was truly like, there were six months between, you know, season one and season two where I, I did feel very lost and I felt, you know, I would come home from these things and just be like, God, I, I'm like not even being myself. Yeah. And that doesn't, that and doesn't you fatigue feel right. yourself by trying to be either sometimes aggressively yourself because you've been put, put in this place mm -hmm. and then you're like, well, I don't actually owe anybody. And that's that. what Alok had said to me. My yeah. friend, you know, yeah. I, they said exactly that. You, you know, like you don't actually owe them your true self. Right. You know, if, if, if you don't feel like it's being respected or taken seriously or you feel like it's being, because what I found is, you know, I'd wear a skirt somewhere and then every article would just be like, ooh, a, a boy in a skirt. Um, and that would be the thing that would trend. And I was like, well, like, can we also like talk about the other work, like the other stuff that I'm doing? But I, yeah, it's like when you, when you, when you give people, yeah, you feel like you're giving something. People yeah. And something I was like, I gave you, and I felt like I gave yeah. people too much power in that sense. Like I gave them too much right. of my power and I had to take that back in. Yeah. And just like, I mean, I, we have friends in common who, uh, sometimes are very much on the, the front lines of everything, every. Yeah. movement, every female cause, every male cause, every outrage, every everything. You can't. No. You can't do it. I have literally this, I mean, sorry, wait for the name drop. Boom. I talked to Oprah about this. <laughs> sorry, I told you. She knows Oprah. We did a cover, I know, like, whatever. But Oprah is like, I can't do it all day. I, I look at the news in the morning and I look at it in the, in, in the evening and I, and everybody's asking me, my opinion, blah, 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 every second of the day. And anybody who's prominent gets that to some degree. I get it to a lesser degree than Tommy does, but it's, you can't. Yeah, you're suddenly... You can't, for your own health, put it out there all the time like that. You just, you know, whether yeah. you're owning your, uh, you know, your status mm -hmm. or anything, it doesn't, it, yeah, I don't think it means and you're saying it doesn't mean you're lesser because you, you decide to bring it in a bit for a hot second. No, I don't think yeah. so. And I think I had to come to terms with that. And, yeah. and it's true when you're talking about advocating for things or being an activist, I found in my experience, if I stay truthful to the things that I am truly, truly passionate about and that I'm, I educate myself on and I can speak both from the heart and from like the book about, mm -hmm. then I'm going to be more productive in that arena. Right. And if I'm trying to spread myself so thin and, and please everybody and be a yes man to every single organization and every single event, it's not going to be productive and I'm going to no. burn out. And there's so many things to advocate so for. so many right things to And that's the thing, yeah. how do you, it's so, and it's, it's almost like it keeps coming at you and you're like, God, am I an asshole? Because I can't do that one. Mm. You know what I mean? How do you, what, I like how to do think you that like every what you no, ally yourself with? Right. I'm, like I said, just then, you know, it's just the stuff that I feel yeah. most passionate about. And I, and I do, I, I like to think of like every no fills my bank for like that neck, the thing I'm going right. to say yes for. Right. That's so true. So tell me, what are the things right now? Marvin, you're on a float, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to float at Pride, which I've never done before. <gasps> that's the um, dream. It feels weird. It feels like Kylie Minogue should be there. Can you get her? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> What's the budget? Um, <laughs> 50 bucks. Yeah, but like what, so what is it, what particular organizations are you really allying yourself Yeah, so this or? float is um, a partnership with, uh, with GLAD, which is an organization um, that advocates for LGBTQ plus people in the media mm -hmm. on all spectrums of the media. So in, you know, scripted content and non-scripted content and kids who are in college who come out, you know, I mean, it really spreads. 
a wide right. net. Um, and ASOS, and last year we did this, and this year we're doing it again. We have this clothing collaboration that actually, it's interesting to talk about like the commercialization of Pride and the corporate integration into Pride, and some companies not. Who do it, who do Some companies just strictly profiting off of things, so I like to do my research, and for no, me, uh, ASOS website. and GLAD does give a significant percentage, ASOS gives a significant percentage to GLAD, the organization, and a lot of press and media buyouts to help support that organization, right. whereas there are There are other brands that I was that, shocked to hear don't want to be. Yes. Like brands that make, I don't know, men's underwear, who decline to be, I'm like, okay, gay men need underwear. <laughs> Buy it, like, you know what I mean. Buy it's it, kind of give, still pretty and, and just and give that money to, to yeah, yeah. The real okay. So you're going to be on the float. I'm gonna do that. And then gonna do that. What are you wearing? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I really I don't know yet. Um, pieces from the collection that we did. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really cool. And tell me, because also you, well, you do do the modeling. I guess. Okay, no, but like you, you were around. Like you got to show sometimes, and you do a do campaign every now and again. How does that visibility in that realm? Because you were telling me a story the other day about how, well, just before actually, <laughs> um, about how you were doing a campaign, and then they were like, "Oh, so you're like, you're really good at this modeling." And you're like, "Well, you know, you should be an actor." It was like some rat dumb person, obviously. But how do you? <laughs> they how, weren't dumb. I'm saying they were dumb. <laughs> But how you know? That's another. That's another way of visually like being very, very prominent in a, in a campaign and thing. How yeah. do you sort of put your hand up for that, and who approaches you for that? Oh, I guess. I mean, uh, I love I love fashion. I think it's a form of expression. I think it's a, a, a another type of drag. It's a way to. It's a, often one of the first things I go to when I'm creating a character is. Um, like sometimes from sometimes it's from the outside and sometimes it's from like what do they wear and how do they feel in that and how right. do, like how do they walk now that they're wearing that um, and you know the same goes for sort of my own gender identity and like my day to day flux of like how I feel on a certain morning and and I feel like for me yeah trying to align myself with brands that support that and that like aren't assholes and like aren't homophobic or misogynistic or like Dolce Gabbana you know what I mean and it's like picking the brands <laughs> what. Um, <laughs> Picking the brands that um, I feel like, you know, it, maybe they're not fully aligned with, you know, our goals, right. but brands that are willing to learn. Are coming along. Are coming along. So yeah. the, I just did a campaign, I, I like, really can't talk about it, but a lot of it integrated um, with the talent, it integrated slurs that have been used against us in like sort of like custom clothing pieces. And it's like this whole music video thing of like sort of coming out of your own skin and like re-owning and reclaiming um, these these slurs or slogans. It's and for Best Buy. <laughs> what if? Um, are they paying you? That's random thing um, I could think of. Sorry. No, yeah. So and and that to me was like an empowering thing to be like when they brought that to me. I was like, yes, like this is a brand who's like maybe they're not fully on board, but they're willing to learn. And then it created space for us to have a dialogue about yeah. it, which I think is extremely important. And then to do the work and and put it out in the world and see how people respond. Um, now tell me when you have uh, oh, this is a, I'm just throwing this one in so you did ballet I'm just going back to ballet yeah wow I never, never hit that can you still twirl I, I, yeah I can. I, I can I just did is this a do you am I no I'm just saying can you do an arch your foot or something <laughs> no but like do you, oh, so flexible that was not ballet how, but that was how often <laughs> that was you still, that was I a, know but how often do you I mean do you still how long did you do ballet for like 10 years from when to when <sighs> Like from seven to 17, 16, 17, yeah. 
And Give or take, it, and then a little bit in college. Was it good on the whole as an experience? Good on my whole. Like, was it good, <laughs> good on, on the whole? I can't um, to that. It was, ballet taught me a certain what it um, you, yeah. dedication right. in showing up on time. Um, and, and actually rigor. showing up early. Really? Um, and I definitely, like, I feel like I, it was so constricting that I quit and then like disappeared and like became like a very not responsible person. Right. Yeah, and, you like, react against completely unhinged. I'm not saying like ballet is why I'm an alcoholic. I'm just saying like they might be <laughs> related. I don't know. But um, it's a flex one. What can we say? But uh, but there definitely was those like certain life lessons that were beat into me, not actually physically, but just, you know, like through repetition right. um, and that, that type of muscle memory that comes back to me now today in my work that I'm, I'm grateful for. Yeah. And, what and that physicality, I guess. Too. What, well, there is something to be, I mean, yeah, said for like, you know, we're, we're in industries that encourage creativity and flow and being a, yeah. what, what do you, what does rigor and discipline, what, what does that give you? Like it gives that. me the opportunity to be as creative as possible. Mm. Like, um, I've heard actors talk about this idea of like chaos and structure. Right. And like having like the technique and then being able to like free yourself from it. Right. Um, and I feel like it's a similar thing. Like having that type of getting like, even like down to like making my bed in the morning, like this sounds so silly, but it's like a way of showing up for myself every day. Yeah. Um, and it's become like an integral part of my routine. Mm -hmm. And Again, like my process with my work is similar. It's like once I've done the work and I'm dedicated and I know that I've shown up on time and I'm there and I'm present and I'm listening and I'm as present as I can possibly be in that moment, in that day, um, and as committed to it, then I have the freedom within that structure to play. Right. Um, because if I'm living in fear because I showed up late or I'm not, yeah. you know, or I'm not prepared, like being not prepared is like, oh God, some, it really is the scariest thing for me. It's it, like that's being maybe my biggest fear yeah. and yeah. the thing I have nightmares about all the time and you hear this, it's like you get on stage and you like don't know any of your lines, right? It, like that, you that is- you your lines before. Yes, we did this last night. We did last um, night. <laughs> yeah. But no, really being, un, you know, being unprepared for me, like I can't do my work if I'm unprepared. Yeah. Um, so I have to have, some sort of structure. What's your sign? I'm a Taurus. Ah. Anyone know what that means? I don't know. No, I don't. It just sounds like a prepared <laughs> thing. Um, so hang on. So what else now? Like, obviously, shows still happening. But um, sorry, I'm making a terrible noise. Um, what else are you working on? Oh, yeah. I Hollywood. This. Hollywood. California. Um, yes, yeah, so we wrapped season two. That's the thing that came out. And people saw it. I heard of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and right, I guess right, um, basically like right after it came out, I started working on a new TV show, yes. which has been really fun. It's um, Jinji Cohen created it with Jamie Dimbo, and it's a uh, Dumbo, and it's a uh, comedy called American Princess, and it's like a completely different world from Thirteen. Um, and so I've been shooting that in LA. When does that air? I Where? think sometime in the fall on right. Lifetime. <gasps> I know. Chic. I know. Genji Cohen on Lifetime has a nice little. Genji Cohen is Orange is the New Black. Yes, right? correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's Weeds like on Lifetime is well. a nice little. Yeah, it's interesting. Little snap. It's interesting. And are you writing as well? I am writing, yeah. Yeah. I have um, like mostly focusing on uh, two different features projects. And, 
And how do you, like, tell me your day, typical day in LA. Do you, like, take meetings and roll calls? Oh my God, could you imagine? I wish <laughs> I was that busy. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, really, it just varies. You know, like, I, I think everything, what I'm learning about this industry, at least in my place in it right now, is it's, it just ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So um, certain things provide, like, structure in my life, like press opportunities or shooting schedules, all of that. And then it's up to me to figure out what I do, up to me and sort of my team to figure out what I do in that downtime and like right. how do I use that time wisely. Um, I've often found that like sometimes I need days to do nothing. Right. When I'm off, like sometimes I have to just like put my hands up and like let myself be off for a day mm -hmm. or two. It's really hard for me. I love working. I love making work in my life, even if it like doesn't seem productive or like it's mm -hmm. not going to go anywhere. Um, I think all of those little things eventually add up to something yeah. perhaps tangible or at least gratifying right. um, for myself. So it's hard for me to take those days. Because you're like a little, you know, the, like a bowerbird or whatever, like, it goes shiny, 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 Yes, shiny. I, I do get distracted by very shiny things. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, and then in the other days, I do, I'm pretty proactive. So I'm yeah. reading a lot. I read a lot of scripts. I read a lot of books. I'm constantly sort of like looking for things that could be adaptable or different stories to tell, um, trying to sort of set meetings with my peers and collaborators, um, being inspired by, you know, people in my little generation who mm -hmm. are starting to actually like create profitable, successful work. And mm. um, yeah, who's your gang? Who's your like your creative like friend gang? Well, I live with Hari Naf. It's also my other kid. Um, who's yeah. An incredibly talented actress. Um, she is in. I'm just gonna like give her a little. She's in Assassination Nation, which is this movie that killed Sundance and is coming out in the fall. <laughs> Literally um, killed it. She's also yeah. a writer, and she's just she's like the most. It is beyond incredible to live with someone like that, because we have the opportunity to be each other's sort of like backwards for ideas and like mm -hmm. sort of throw things at each other and see how they how, how we respond and how we react. Um, and it's an invaluable time in, in my life right now to be able to live with someone on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. um, who's pursuing similar, similar things. And my, and my admiration and affection for her is never ending. Um, and then, yeah, other just like, you know, it, it is a lot of, you know, and then aside from Hari, there's a lot of sort of young queer voices in this industry. So right. I think it's important. Um, to surround yourself with those people. Speaking of young queer voices, how do you feel when straight boys play gay boys in movies? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, I actually feel like, here's the thing, as long as you own the responsibility mm -hmm. of that, great. Um, I don't blame actors for that. No, no, I'm just curious. Like, yeah, I think obviously like there's a part of me that's like, man, and it's it truly is not like, I should have done that. It's like, there are so many very talented gay actors that just don't get the opportunities because they're not seen as financeable or profitable. Mm -hmm. um, or like they'll secure the bag, you know, like for this production. Right. And so often they get thrown into like the smaller gay roles and then they'll cast like a brooding male lead for like the straight roles. I mean, or straight lead for like the lead gay roles. Right. Um, and to me it is upsetting and disheartening, but also fuels my fire. Right. And that like it just means that like there is work to be done. Right. And there's work and the people who are making these decisions are much older and will not be in power 
for yes. that much longer. This is what we And do. so maybe life is less about convincing these like crusty old people that we're they, profitable. They're gonna be dead. And more about because they're gonna be dead. Be dead. Um, because Laura's gonna kill them for me. No, um, oh, but, oh, oh, oh. but more about focusing in and honing in on my peers and my collaborators because like we're gonna be the ones running those studios. Yeah. We're gonna be the ones mm, giving those say opportunities. It again. And you know, I spent so much of my life. You know, this goes back to my mass drag, right? But it's like, yeah. you spend, I spent a lot of my life thinking like, oh, am I too queer for this room? Like, can I hide? Uh, let me put on my straight voice. Um, you know, but I spent a lot of time doing that. And recently I've learned like, uh, and it's, you know, it's, tomorrow I could feel completely different. But right now I feel like I have a lot of trust in mm. my people and that like we are gonna be the ones doing this. And there is a moment coming yeah. and it might not be tomorrow and it might not be a year from now and two straight guys might have just today been announced as playing the, this gay couple on like a big cable network show. Might have just been And announced. it might have frustrated me, but it's just like, you know what? I gotta let that shit go because like it's not worth my time or energy to be frustrated about that. Mm. I just have to take that little fire in my belly and just put it into my own work because eventually that will pay off. And I think the, the, t uh, the question you texted me from Twitter earlier, which was something like, you are gay elf, how? <laughs> Someone did ask me. <laughs> I, yeah, you are gay elf, You did like elf. a little AMA how? <laughs> Yes, I- how, how, I how are you gay elf? I don't think, I mean, how am I gay elf? <laughs> I am, I am a great gift giver <laughs> and I am queer. However, I'm not a good gift maker. No, well, you're never going to do well within the, in the workshop. I'm never going to do well in the workshop. <laughs> from the workshop. <laughs> Completely. Oh, I got to tell you, the things that this one gets on social media, if you were going to take a deep dive, I'm glad that you took Let's it. Let's not spiral. Put it down. <laughs> no, I'm glad you put it down, because it's like, it's like this, it's this it's adulation, it's random stuff. Anyway, speaking of, Ooh. I have some questions from the audience. Ooh. Um, do we want to turn the lights up or no? I can sort of see you. Oh, there you are. Hang on, where are your parents? <laughs> where are they? Hey! Where are my parents? Yeah, I'm oh, I saying. don't know. I can't see. Oh, there they are. Yeah, they are. Hi. Oh, they're real cute. Yeah, Actually, wait. three people held up their hands. <laughs> I think like yeah. You want a throuple? I think my one of my I think my best friend is raising her hand this as my is other so, parents. You guys are so modern. I love it. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, my in-laws are here. So I actually have four parents. Hello. Um, and then my gay parents. <laughs> and who? Hi. Okay. Uh, if you were, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, if you were an expert on Queer Eye, what would be your area? I was just with them this morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, really? Went. Nice. Be an actress. Um, I was just with them this morning, and I, gosh, what isn't covered? Um, <laughs> I think I would love to work with Karamo in the spirituality realm, I guess. <laughs> I'd love you in the spirituality. Right? Yeah, I feel like that would be a fun thing to practice with yeah, straight people. You could people. be like a guru. Or, or like maybe it's just how to be an ally. But maybe like they do that anyway, just sort of like by experiencing gay people for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like often on that show, it's like five gay, gay guys went to town for the first time. <laughs> you know, and it's, even though there are obviously gay people in that town, but, and it becomes this like, Wow, like everyone's opening their hearts and opening their minds and it's a it is a really beautiful thing. I feel like yeah. I sound like cynical about it. I'm not, oh. I love that show. Yeah, no, it's like, okay, so you're gonna do that. Okay, describe your character on 13 Reasons Why in one word. Confident. So you got a short answer. 
falsely um, confident. Ooh. Oh, yeah, well, this is uh, sort of on um, earlier uh, beat, but how do you take care of yourself emotionally when there's so much upsetting news in the world and the wider world? And of course, all of us, I think, need just Xanax every day. Um, right well, now, when Xanax isn't news your option, cycle, let's say, yeah. Because I can't take Xanax. Yeah. Um, but I truly like meditation, but not like, not like meditation, <laughs> but um, I try. Because you're bendy. I'm very flexible. Mm. Um, but I do, I try to like, even just taking the time in my car, like to not listen to music and not listen to things. Yeah. And just like be present. And like, like my version of meditation is very sort of active where it's like, okay, I'm walking down the street or like I'm brushing my teeth and like I got my right side, I got my left side <laughs> and like not spiraling out into like the many things that could go wrong and fuck with my day and instead like yeah. just like staying present yeah just having a silence that mm -hmm. is its own thing um how do you pick roles <laughs> i mean i wish there's, <laughs> gosh there are so many it's offers it's a buffet it's out like there. i have to just turn them down <laughs> um <laughs> i do <laughs> fly swatter hun i do i do always ask for the script and read the script yeah. um you know, I, I think it's more right now for me, how do I pick roles that I audition for? Right. Um, what do I choose to go in for and, and, and put my work into trying to get? And those are roles that I feel like challenge me right. in some way. Um, yeah, and that's really it. Or, or, or provide maybe an opportunity to learn something about a different part of the world or a different part. And by part of the world, I don't mean like a different country. Right. I just mean like someone who's had a different life experience than myself. Um, those are the things that interest me. It's less like gay, straight, whatever. It's more like about just like the human existence. Would you ever want to direct a show or a movie or a play? I appreciate the detail. Do you understand how hard it is to be a director? I don't, I don't think I understood that until like this year. Right. Really like working on 13 because Theater director is one thing. Film director, and they're, they're both extremely complex and extremely challenging. Um, you know, I think my days are long when I have a 10 hour work day and then I have to remember that the director was there two hours before me and left two hours later. And then probably didn't sleep that night. And that's nonstop. Um, I, I would love to. I just, I'm like, I don't know if I have that in me. I, I like to tell the stories. I don't know if it's, by way of directing. I did direct a musical in high school. Yes, you did. The Sound of Music, actually. <laughs> um, we we sold out all three performances. <laughs> and I had the nuns come from the audience. <laughs> Chills, I know you feel it, chills. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I actually, I maybe to answer that question, I would love to maybe direct a play, mm -hmm. but I don't see myself right now directing film and TV, which is funny because as a writer, I can only, like, I write very visually, so I write features, like I write things for screen, I don't write plays. Right. But yet I would love to direct a play and I would love to do a play. Finally from me, what, you're a very stylish boy. How do you describe your belt mechanism again? What was this called, a French what? What'd you call it? Did I call it something? You said, it was like the way you tied the bell, was it like a thing? Oh, I think I was saying the brand of the thing, and it sounds oh, it French. it sounded like, but look, look at this. Just please just show the pants. Oh. Look how he does it. Wh look at that. What? That's why he's the most stylish boy. I don't know. Should we just make should. the, oh, we were saying, oh, saying? oh, I learned this yeah. from Queer Eye. Yeah, um, Queer Eye. We were Eye. putting the mic in. This isn't yeah. a, the shirt, the French tuck, who said that? 
The French tuck. Yes, the French tuck. I guess, which I can't do because then the mic will fall out. Um, but it's when you just tuck the first part of your pant and then you leave the back part flowy. Um, exactly. So, I although mean, I don't think Tan used the word flowy, but. So, well. in summation, Tommy Dorfman, you French tucked your way into our hearts. Oh my God. So, just like halfway there. Halfway. <laughs> You've got some work to do. And the rest is just hanging out. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you very much. I'll clap. I'll clap for you. I'll clap for you. Thanks for listening. 92i Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92iondemand.org.